if you don't take a volunteering option, maybe you're not taking a job option. Maybe you're not taking a growth opportunity option. And it's not that you don't take their calls. It's that you can't sometimes address in one call the amount of feelings. When it comes to the support, a lot of organizations might be like, well, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I can't deal it. There's different rules, unspoken rules as well. After a week or two, you're just exploding with all your emotions. Welcome to the Volunteer Support Podcast, brought to you by the European Union's co-funded project Promptus EDU, a collaboration between associations Out This Out Mori and Building Bridges. And welcome to Promptus at EU's first podcast with Gabrielle, Tadas, and your speaker, Jose. How are we all doing today? <laughs> Great. I'm so excited. <laughs> Now I'm energetic. Where it was all morning. <laughs> I think just being in front of the mic really brings it home, right? Eh? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is real. Yeah. 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 But it feels surreal <laughs> to me, at least. Well, did it, did it not feel real on the airplane when you were on your way here? <laughs> That's yeah. pretty real. Yeah, it was a bit. Good. Well, here we are. We're on day two of planning the next 24 months of our project. Right? Mm -hmm. 24, 18 months. Uh, I believe it's 18 months. 18 months. 18 months of our project. There you go. See, that's why project managers need to always look at their cans because you're never going to remember how long you have. Yeah. So this is, you know, the kickoff. Uh, we're getting ready for a lot of work coming up now and mm. a lot of new lessons to be learned. Well, today is going to be a day of lessons. A long day for everyone. <laughs> yeah, some people will come, some people will join online. Suti probably will be here with us and uh, fight online. Six probably. Okay. With Lisa. I've forgotten to factor her in, so okay. that's another perspective there, which is going to be interesting as well. Okay. Yeah. Some technical things we are solving. I think we're going to learn a lot from the technical side because yeah. it's like the day of the show. It's like, you know, expect everything to go wrong. <laughs> that's normally, you could prepare, but that's the way it goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Yeah. But what we will get, it will be some information from volunteers, what they need, what they like, how they are feeling and so on. And that could be useful for our podcasts. As I remember when we were just planning what we're gonna do here as we come, the idea was just uh, to extract some information from volunteers. How are they feeling? What do they want and expect from here? Maybe they need some support. And now we have the whole day of activity. So I think that's improvement. Yeah, it's going to be a day. It's going to be a day. But I think there's been so much leading up to this that I think I want to kind of ask you now that we're here, finally, you know, looking back on all the expectations that you had, you know, and all the feelings that you had. I think this goes very much to our project now. Like, mm -hmm. let's talk about our feelings because yeah. we should how do you feel just how do you feel just in general this morning this point of life or this project you know what let's cover all of that <laughs> oh, start at this morning and then you know starting this morning i woke up tired because all night uh, my mind was still on the project what we're going to do how to arrange the things what would be the best way to bring the best out of everyone to create a very nice and loving atmosphere that to be safe to share not to push something too much not to leave everything messy so 
yeah, my mind was on that the whole night. <laughs> but I woke up without alarm, so I guess the sleep was enough, but only my mind wasn't recovered fully. And as I woke up, I went to the shower, then it's all great. I love hot showers for me, like that's a little bit of a therapy. I relaxed and everything. And everything went really smoothly today in the morning. Regarding to expectations for today, I do have expectations for myself. I do have like, and I don't want to push too much on myself. I feel like we prepared as much as we prepared. Now it's just, it would be the best thing that I can do is to live in the moment and to feel around the group, the, the, the energies and, and so on. So just trying to be in the moment. Fair enough. You That's why it was really nice to have this uh, breathing exercise yeah. that we did in the morning I really felt like okay now yeah I do feel here and now I needed it I need to I asked for it because it, it didn't come from a place of oh I want you to feel good and let's do your exercise it came from a place of I need this for myself today could you help me out mm. so yeah Tadis do you want to tell us a little bit I feel quite calm I would say yeah at this point tiredness was also the feeling in the morning yeah as Gabriel said we came we went also sightseeing in the cemetery we were walking like 27,000 steps oh my god yeah day my by day was falling off. <laughs> so when yesterday we met uh, with you Hossa it's energy levels was not the max yeah. and then we uh, were talking and planning and so on so yeah then yesterday it was a tiring day but today quite a lot of things is actually done by Gabriela she will be the main facilitator but I feel that she's prepared for that she done various workshops similar like that and I know that she's afraid and so on and that's natural I just trust her so for my part it's also the things that it's not that difficult nothing that new I really like the psychotherapist, psychiatrist quote. Uh, he's Lithuanian, but he's saying that if you are really hard trying, then it means that you don't know how to do it. Right. So then first you have to learn it and then not try, but just do it. Yeah. Because then there is no stress and so on. Yeah. So we are doing what we know how to do. And that's, that's a relaxing thing. I, I think believe. that's, I think that's really well said. And I think that helps us get to the point of, you know, just understanding that we do know what we're doing. It's a new context of doing it, but we know what we're doing. We know that we know the needs. We know that we have the tools. Well, you have the tools. <laughs> I don't have the tools. I have information, which I'm willing to share, but you have the tools. And I think those are really important tools. But just to kind of like put it into words, because we've been talking, we've said the project, we've said the project title at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Let's look back on what this project is and what we're trying to achieve with it. And I think like if we ask that question to each other, we are going to be similar, but maybe everybody's going to have, you know, that little variance in their focus. So let's do that as an exercise as well, kind of like to see where we're at in defining this. Mm -hmm. So okay. you want to start? Yeah. So this is a very nice project that came quite naturally from the previous project, the interaction between our organizations that we had. 
and Jose saw a need for the volunteers to have more information about their emotions and feelings and how to deal with that in their volunteering experience. And that's a very nice tool that we can create. But the other thing what I'm seeing is also that we can help just in general for people to just find about the opportunities that they can go to just know what they want or they can just learn something new and then use that for the work. Some of the volunteers are also the people that are just trying to find the workplace that they want to work in. And I believe that's very important thing as the volunteers themselves could feel better after this and also the society in general is happier and more productive and, and so on. I can sum up your saying in like very simple words to match the needs of the hopefully future volunteers with the opportunities that the European Commission or, or organizations can offer. For sure, for sure. As well. Do you have a like your own definition maybe of what this project is and the goals that we have? So I feel like from the broader perspective in society we do not speak enough about feelings, the more pleasant ones and especially the ones that are feeling a little bit more sore. So I'm hopefully bringing awareness and vocabularies to speak about it and open up these new areas and to address the feelings, not to suppress them somehow. And for me, the very high motivation comes from seeing a need. Maybe that's how my brain works. And when Jose says like a lot of volunteers are not coming here, not because they cannot afford or they don't know how to do, but because they cannot deal with the emotions behind it. So for me, that's saying, not only that they are not going to volunteer, they are not taking other opportunities, job opportunities, maybe learning opportunities and so on. So it's not just to prepare yourself to go volunteering, it's to prepare yourself for life, for work, for taking bigger steps and yeah. and live more fully. Yeah, that, that, I think that was really kind of profound. It's kind of like looking at, yeah, we're trying to impact this, but the need or what's established this need is probably more deep rooted and it's affecting them in more parts of their lives and even they're within we're aware of or that they're aware of because it's like you said if you don't take a volunteering option maybe you're not taking a job option maybe you're not taking a growth opportunity option from my perspective i understand and validate the fear behind this type of decision even approaching it something that for me has always been kind of like present obviously i was not raised in europe i grew up on the other side of the atlantic so i've had that experience and that was a scary prospect you know and and a lot of elements creep up on you to create that culture shock or to contribute to it and then those are the things that you hold on to in the end to try to get yourself back to your you know your safety zone back to your your happy place if you will and i see that with the volunteers constantly like whenever they call within the first two weeks you know exactly what they're going through and the first thing is like oh well you know my my house seems like you know it was dirty when i got here or mm-hmm. it's ugly or oh my god there's like this rusted thing on the washing machine which i mean we dig deeper right to find out well what's happening send me a picture and then you realize that it's just like a little corner and you're like okay i, I get it your brain's holding on to anything that it can to try to get that culture shock or to process all of those feelings that you don't know 
what they are. And when we connected with that one Erasmus exchange that we <laughs> miserably failed at <laughs> getting participants for you, I immediately, it was like click. It's like these guys are doing exactly what my volunteers need. And you were doing it in a really different context because I think that had more to do really with perhaps healthy habits and making decisions. But I don't think it was necessarily about the whole ecosystem around that. And that's kind of where we are going with this, with this project, right? Right now but I immediately like just saw it like I remember speaking to you on the phone and you sounded so disappointed I was like this man is never gonna want to take our phone call again <laughs> like I don't even want to hear like I don't even want to know the many times that you cursed us out which would be totally valid you're allowed your anger I, I validate it you didn't didn't you though no <laughs> little bit I, I would have I would have cursed me out but the minute that we talked then I remember that conversation really well it was like listen I understand what you're doing because we discussed what the, the theme was and what you were trying to do let's talk in the future like after I said listen we're not going to make this because we had like one person I think it was and then that wasn't enough to fill the group so you couldn't allow them to go and I was like no let's talk again because I see it and then we spoke again and then you didn't have the stress of the training course anymore and that helped and I think we just it was just super like you said it was very like organic it was like yeah. very natural it was like a couple months after we yeah. finished uh, the mobility. At that time when we were talking, I remember the talk um, I was not cursing in words. I was not happy. Mm. I was a bit upset. But that the thing is, there was lots of other things going on. And then the mind of mine was, okay, what can I do and one, what I can't do? Mm -hmm. So if I can't change the situation, then don't worry about that. So that was my approach. And then I was just worrying about the other stuff about some other countries that I still need to collect the, the participants right it was like almost to that five participants threshold yeah. that was the year that we confirmed our learning that may is not a kind month <laughs> for training courses and or youth exchanges in spain and that has a particular reason and that's kind of like that's what you learn from the from the volunteers or from the participants you know like you learn their behaviors throughout the years and you see what the patterns are so like if anybody contacts me now and they're like listen i have this training course course it's in me and I'm like I cannot commit to anything Mm. I will not, I literally will not commit to anything. I'll say we can try if you yeah. want us to, but we're not committing to anything. So if you have a minimum, let me know right now because it's not going to happen. But actually, I do remember our talk because uh, you, Jose, and uh, Tadas, you talked to each other mm. about like there is an opportunity maybe to create a tool and so on. And then Tadas speaks to me like, do we want to do it? Do we not want to do it? What is it about? Maybe we still have have a lot of things of our own to deal yeah. with and there was a lot of consideration but I felt like I've, for me that is I've seen a need and I'm like okay where can I right. be and and sometimes I find myself in the craziest situations <laughs> only because I see okay I can be valuable here maybe I can do something about it and and I go for it and for me that was motivation I feel like I maybe infected you with my excitement and yeah it was both of our choices <laughs> yeah, yeah it was i yeah. also like to help other people yeah that's, <laughs> that's, that's also the choice in my life like a, yes, a yes man through and through eh? i just saw the need because i know that it's not just us like we yeah we send a lot of people and that means that this is an opportunity to have something that is tailor-made 
quote unquote to to this experience but it's it's something that i know that even when you send 12 volunteers a year even that is hard because you want to support them but you have 20,000 other things to do and it's not that you don't take their calls it's that you can't sometimes address in one call the amount of feelings that we're doing so if you notice something that we've talked about and you've been very adamant about and i think rightfully so is let's give you vocabulary because in the end i don't think that this tool is going to be like oh i've heard this podcast i am now calm i think it's i've heard this podcast i now have the tools to try to process this on my own because why not i think that sh- that could be something but then i also have the words to convey you know how am i feeling because that's very confusing for us as well when i get the culture shock i have to sit down and kind of like you know decode what is being said to me because it's not always the words that are being said so if you give them the volunteers the tool to at least say hey do this exercise let's try to name that you know call the devil by its name mm-hmm. don't disguise it that really helps us to objectively then in less amount of time be able to say okay we can help you know, and have that meaningful conversation or consider what the options are for them because we're constantly helping them to make good decisions but in the end those decisions belong to them not to us absolutely it's from both sides from as an accepting organization and yeah. as responsibilities that you are coming here you are responsible for some part but when you were talking I somehow went to back of my head and just remember about like competencies that's mm. what we are trying to do to yeah. bring competencies to deal with the emotions and to go to unknown and some parts is from our side because competencies are the knowledge information okay mm-hmm. that's what we can do here we can speak and Phil, during the podcast, we can share the knowledge and information. But what we cannot do, but only give like task or something is to have uh, skills to deal mm. with it. Mm. Maybe we can speak about like how to approach or to give exercises, maybe to reflect or mm-hmm. to, to see during the week what you were feeling maybe and so on. So the skills is the responsibility of the listener to develop if they want to deal with it. You can hear about healthy eating, about the jogging if you don't do, it right. doesn't work. Right. So you need skills to actually apply. And then there is attitudes. So that just we can also touch a little bit to different aspects of volunteering or the feelings. So it's also during the reflecting, but it's a competence. No, no, for sure. Yeah, for sure. There's this great saying that is like, you can lead a horse to water, but it's only going to drink if it wants to, if it's, you know, and and that's the best you could do. You kind of like, you know, take the horse to water and if it's thirsty, then it's going to drink. And if not, that's okay. It doesn't matter. But yeah, when we're talking about competencies, number one, how amazing is it that the EU is willing to kind of fund our initiative? I think we did a really good job together of expressing what we wanted to do. So, but they were really good at giving us this chance. I think, you know, they saw the need as well, you know, and we said it in no uncertain terms in the project. You know, we said, we know that there's not just a need, but this is something that is actually lacking. We're taking care of volunteers in a really practical way. And that's great. You know, that's great because you're obeying the program rules, the regulations, and then you're also then falling back on the practical sort of culture, if you will, of the organizations that are hosting. But post pandemic, we discovered that it was okay to start talking about certain feelings because we could hold them in anymore Mm -hmm. 
But then we realized how many times a day we don't talk about these feelings or we don't acknowledge these feelings. And that's something that when it comes to the support, a lot of organizations might be like, well, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I can't deal it. And I do understand that there are things that are always going to be beyond us. We're not mental health experts, but facilitating information and speaking of wellness and speaking of, you know, some tools that are very basic, but that they just escape us. I think that's, Mm. you know, that, that initiation. And then if you want to know more, if you want to learn more, go down that route, you know? And I also feel like it's not all the times that the organization is there to fill all the emotional support and so on. So maybe as the volunteers has these competencies to recognize emotions, how to deal, so they can talk to each other in better way, like peer-to-peer support. Yeah. Not only to vent to the person behind like that's working on the project, but maybe to vent to each other, build like a connections and uh, and deal it in a better way. Because usually they do that. It's like during drinking or something, but right. it's not always effective. So, and drinking is a great social lubricant, but I don't think it's really good to like yeah. your emotions, like, or to identify your emotions and then be able to communicate them effectively. Normally it's like two mm-hmm. drinks and then you're crying. That's not a good journey. I don't think that's a good journey. <laughs> yeah. I think that's skipping some really crucial steps. Yeah. Yeah, to have effective and, and deeper talk with each other and understand what you want to do in your life or how you're feeling about. But that's a bit also the skill to learn and also the place that you have to go to yourself because if you want to have that deeper connection, mm. you have to open yourself and that's you have to be vulnerable. And yeah, if you you're going to a new place, then it can be a hard thing. Yeah. People don't like, we speak a lot about mobility and we speak in Europe about article 45, you know, free movement of people, ideas and goods. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things in the world, by the way, like as a general value, like I absolutely love it, but that is hard. <laughs> like it's especially the, the moving people around part because leaving that comfort zone is really something that, you know, even in a context, I don't think the union is still at that point where you feel that the minute you leave your particular country and you're in another one that you're still home. One of the things that I've noticed talking to some of my volunteers before they leave is that they're like, oh, because I'm going to Europe, you know, and yeah, I want to volunteering in Europe. And I'm like, Spain is in Europe. (laughs) You know, like it is literally part of the same tectonic plate. It is the same continent. Like, but I get what they're saying. They, They don't feel that attached to the concept of or part of a union. And that's something that we need to work on, but that's not necessarily this project. What this project is about is about facilitating perhaps the recognizing of that and saying, well, let's deal with that feeling then of you being outside of your comfort zone. And then hopefully that does open them up then to recognizing that in those differences that they're experiencing, that number one, that they could be something very positive, but number two, that you're not that far away from home as you think, you know, it's still kind of like an integrated thing. I remember I was just in like the Czech Republic, which culture shock, 
right? <laughs> complete culture shock. I was also in Sweden and complete culture shock as well. <laughs> well, not, not only is it far away, but it was like, it's, I think I mentioned this to you before, like I speak three, almost four languages and I was entirely out of context. And that was such a feeling because I never have that feeling of, oh, I want to go home. I'm so uncomfortable. And I caught myself feeling that. And I remember thinking that, you know, we had this meeting coming up and, and I remember relating that feeling thinking, my God, what, what must my volunteers think when they get to the Czech Republic? And maybe many of them don't speak perhaps as many languages that you could kind of try to identify, you know, mm-hmm. they've got less tools around them and they still do it. And I'm thinking, no wonder they call and they're kind of like freaking out at the beginning. You know, I get it. Like I get it because I was having that feeling. It was a very strange feeling for me to have, but it put me in their shoes for the better part of the trip, because I don't think I ever really, it just got better because I knew I was coming home. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's limited time. It's a limited time. <laughs> but then what if that was going to be for 12 months? You know, let's talk about that. That's a mm-hmm. scary prospect to all the volunteers who may or may not be hearing this. I fully acknowledge that 12 months is a scary span of time. And I salute you for selecting that. So thank you. For me, it was a bit strange when yesterday you talked about the Swedish traveling experience. Yeah. As we are with Gabriela, we are from Lithuania. So that's a small country. The population of the country is 3 million. So you're talking the language that almost nobody understands. Yeah. Now we are in Spain, we are talking on Matra and we understand that <laughs> probably nobody is understanding <laughs> if you're not using international we words. <laughs> yeah, we have secret <laughs> language. So of course we know English language and a lot of younger generation Lithuania do know English language quite well. And then the older generation was because of the Soviet Union new Russian language. Right. So the small nations, I believe, has this already open up for their languages. But when we are traveling, we still don't understand like Spanish at all or some yeah. Czech Republic or in Sweden. Because right, we have like, there's no cultural like yeah. overlap at all. And in, even in Poland or like even in Latvia, it's, it's too much of the difference. So yeah. I, myself and probably Gabriela felt from their little age that if it's another country, it's different language. We don't understand lots of things. It is something different. So for me, it was strange that you didn't felt that earlier, Yeah, that it was quite later for you to feel this. But what's also the thing that we can take from the cultural experience in different countries, that even though in my society, in my house, there are some rules, mm-hmm. those rules are not applied in different countries but it doesn't mean that other rules are worse than mine. Right. Maybe we can learn something over there. Or maybe both of those ways are good enough. It's just know. based on different conditions that is done. Even though we can speak of social bubbles, you know, even though in Lithuania, if you would end up in different uh, family, some things are acceptable, some things are not. You right. Can put, there's different rules, unspoken rules as well. Yeah. Sometimes you can leave this here, but you cannot leave it here right and, and maybe some tensions there and so on yeah. i think it's a lot about the unspoken rules you said it and i was like oh right the unspoken rules and it is really because where is it written that you don't leave the mop or the broom you know in x place but you live, leave it <laughs> always in the back room mm. you know like where is that written 
but then you find somebody who leaves it like in the front door, you know, like, and you're like, why is this? Is this a welcoming <laughs> committee? Yeah. Or some people are walking with shoes in the house and some people don't. Right. I walk with shoes in my house, by the way. Oh, not my room though. Not uh -huh. my room. See, this is, I was going to go into, this is personal because it's like shoes inside my house. That's like, I need to be aesthetically pleasing. So I want to wear shoes that match my outfit. Because then if I wore the flip flops and it's like, oh, look, I'm nicely dressed until you get to the flip flops. But that's, you know. You dress up? Uh, I dress up. Oh, yes, I do. Dress up for yourself. <laughs> yeah, and other perspective is to not have the shoes in the, in the house as you are taking dirt from outside and just to make it cleaner. Right. And I do see the value in that because, for example, while I do the shoes, when I'm going to go in my bed, I do take my pants off. I change my <laughs> pants because I think that I've been sitting in like, you know, you lean against a wall, you sit in some weird places, you ride the metro. Like that is not a clean pair of pants. Okay. <laughs> not for your sleeping area anyways. So then I do have that. One of my main advices for my volunteers is the first day is a magical day in your house and you need to tell people what bothers you like right away because at that point it hasn't happened yet you haven't been bothered so nobody can feel like personally attacked or offended mm -hmm. it's just something that you've communicated and now they know you know mm -hmm. and if it happens then they'll probably be more compelled to excuse themselves or to say oh i know you said this and i'm sorry because it's a habit for me you know like there's a lot of ways out of it if somebody has already said something but the problem is after a week if you have that one roommate that you know uses the kitchen and it looks like they fried an egg on the countertop because there's so much grease on it and then you go like oh well you know that really bothers me if they've been there for even a week longer that's a very empowering thing so if the person who did it or knows that they did it they're going to be like oh look at the new one you know coming mm. in here putting rules they're, it's going to be personal it's going to be personal yeah or it could be a way that you are just in the new environment and then you're used to that new environment and then it doesn't bother you anymore. yeah or, or what else is happening quite often that we are feeling something but we are not seeing to other people that and we are thinking oh that person understand that yeah it's not uh, oh yeah that's a big one yeah and then that person doesn't know i know and then, the and then after is... a week or two you're just exploding with all your emotions yeah. like how you're not reacting to this and it makes it worse. We had two, the case of two volunteers who had a problem with a third volunteer that was the roommate in the same apartment. And apparently this other volunteer would come home late and make like all of this noise. It wasn't the coming late. They didn't mind that. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that they made all this noise and they just weren't aware that this was bothering people. I'm like, but did you tell them that it bothered you? They're like, well, yeah, we eventually had a meeting. And I said, well, that doesn't sound like you knocked on their door and said, hey, I can hear you listen listening to that podcast at one o'clock in the morning, mm. I need you to turn that down. Or use headphones. Or use headphones, which by the way, there's a lot of people that need to, you know, apparently there needs to be like some kind of EU subsidy for, for headphones. <laughs> there's no need to walk around watching reels on your cell phone on the metro. But anyways, but these girls, you know, I found out they went from, it started happening, it bothered them. They didn't say anything. It got to the point of where they had to have a meeting with their coordinator and their mentor. And then this person who said that she just wasn't aware. And that I think that's super valid. And I said, well, that's super valid. And then when they, by the time that they were telling me about it, it had already been months. And they're like, but we're not going to say anything because we don't want it to be uncomfortable. And our volunteering ends next month. So I'm not going to do anything about it. And I said, well, no, wait, it's not about empowering yourself. If it's bothering you and you've already opened the door to say, hey, they're aware of it. They 
might not be aware that they're doing it, but you have the aperture to say a message. Hey, I just heard you come in. If you could please keep it down. Mm-hmm. You know, but they weren't doing that. So the other person was, they continued to do it, but they just, again, were not aware. Some people are very like socially aloof. Things that they're doing or not doing. Yeah, it's a lot about communication. Mm. And especially if unaware, see it straight away. Mm-hmm. Because after some time, it becomes awkward. You yeah. lived with us for so long and you didn't say anything. Right. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and just like being open, I guess. But at the same time, some people are picking every single details. <laughs> right. There's extremes on both ends. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. extreme on so both ends. Of course. They, if you will be like, yeah, this, this, this and that. that. But uh, I'm trying to remember the way I was introduced to the new house rules and I came to Spain. I think it was the first or the second day that my roommates be like, okay, we have a schedule for cleaning. Right. Yeah. And I just knew, okay, I will be needed uh, to take care of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, they're going to take care of other stuff. And it was straight away. We are doing like this. We're doing like that. You are aware of the rules, but not everyone is doing that. Uh, of course. Yeah. Not everyone's having these clear boundaries and conversations. That's a nice term, house rules, yeah? In the house, mm-hmm. we have some rules and we can decide on the rules. Yeah. But uh, we can't change other person. Like, other person is also having some... The way that person acts and, and then we have to deal with the other person yeah. also. So yeah. we can't just come in and the first day say that, oh, you have to change and you have to change and everything will be around me. And there's feelings all over that. There's feelings on one side. There's feelings on the other side. There's feelings on the side of the people who are witnessing mm-hmm. the imminent clash between the two personalities who might be, you know, clashing at that point it's really it can be really messy it can be really messy but that's what we're here to try to give them tools hopefully i'm i do have an expectation i'm expecting that this project is going to make me and our organization better at supporting and sending not just because we use the tool that we're looking to develop meaning these series of podcasts that will help us that support system but because i think i want at the end of this project cycle just be more aware Mm-hmm. Because the same way that I just said, there's a lot of feelings. Obviously, there's a lot of feelings on our end as well. And how we transmit that or how we communicate those feelings, opinions, advice and things like that is also super important. So I also want to put that out there to the universe, my expectation universe. <laughs> you Maybe. know, when you come to volunteer, you think about yourself, like what you are dealing with, what is your expectation from there? Like Like from the experience, from the housing, from the learning point of view, mm-hmm. whatever you volunteering about. And you sometimes not focus like about the other side. You feel like, oh, this is a big organization. They know what they are doing. I only have to fit in. Right. But they also have their own stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Expectations as well. Oh, yeah. You said you would like to talk about expectations during later sessions. Yeah. But they have the expectation. They have the feelings as well. Yeah. It's not like a third party that is right. there. I think like something really specific that I'm looking forward to in the project, because I think it's going to be a good exercise for me and perhaps for us, is really understanding at one point you can impact or that, that you can impact 
the expectation that that volunteer develops before they've even left mm -hmm. for the volunteering because that is also a problem of oh come here it's wonderful you know it's great it's kind of like getting a job in companies you know the minute yeah. we are know, all family we are all biggest red flag in the whole <laughs> wide world it's like we're all family here yeah, I do not have unrealistic expectations right and it could be about really practical things like the accommodation or the activities you can't say that everything's going to be oh it's like sunshine and roses you know no it's it's work I mean the volunteer goes there and they are developing things that the organization needs to be done but then there's also like things with the apartment that they might have you know like the housing in general like you could set an expectation and tell them I tell them without knowing like zero context of what their accommodation is going to be mm -hmm. the first thing I like to tell them I'm like listen the guide for the program says that it needs to be a habitable and dignified residence that doesn't mean it needs to be pretty what do I want to say with this I mean the EU does not take responsibility for the bad taste in decoration <laughs> of anyone if you get pink walls and green curtains you're getting pink walls and you know and green curtains what you have there then is an opportunity to have a personal project with the with the rest of the volunteers to perhaps make it more to what you think the apartment should be if you can if they allow you but please have that expectation that that is going to be what it is and that's been one of the most effective things that we have learned to do but we've learned to do it that means that we've mm -hmm. had people leave volunteering call us in tears about things that absolutely do not fall mm -hmm. under like I've gotten calls from a volunteer telling me this organization is horrible you know and then they're treating they're mistreating us and I'm like well what's wrong they had a dirty oven <laughs> okay. and I'm like okay wait well, we, we can talk about this you know we, it's valid that's the first thing like it's mm -hmm. funny at the beginning but it's valid but it's like that's when you realize you're like there's something else here this is cannot be about an oven mm. you know enter Gabrielle and Tadas and teach us about what that deeper, you know, could potentially be. Sometimes we cannot name the things that are happening. And right. even like in the relationship between couples, when you are fighting, you're fighting like real bad. But when you say like, what were you fighting about? Sometimes you cannot even yeah. name it. And it's the same with the organization, okay? It's the dirty oven. No, maybe you were not taken into consideration. Maybe you were not hurt. Maybe you didn't explain, but you still feel the need that you want to be hurt. Right. And it's so, as we are going to talk today, the feeling is just like recognizing that there is a need, maybe fulfilled or not. Right. And what is this need? What, how we can address it? Right. Okay. So I can tell a bit more about emotions and feelings. So emotion is not conscious. It's just, we are feeling something, but it's not in our brain processed yet. Mm -hmm. The feelings is already processed and we understand, okay, this feeling and this feeling. So some people can feel some emotions, but they don't have the vocabulary. They don't have that emotional intelligence to understand yeah. what feelings do they have. So they can complain about the oven, even though it's something different. Yeah. So in this podcast series, what we also want to raise emotional intelligence to get a bit of that vocabulary that you can name what's actually bothering you. And then you can communicate in a better way with a coordinator or with some right. people around. Or to your mentor, or like you said, to your peers. Just mm. yeah, that, was a, that was a good, that was a good recap there. You were thinking about that, those feelings and those words. They came out very well spoken. We all talked quite well here. I believe in this podcast we covered lots of different topics yeah. that came quite naturally. Yeah. But I believe we should sum up. Well, I think it's going to be a great project. 
it's not an expectation that I have. It's a feeling that I have. I think you guys, number one, you guys are like the cutest people in the world. Like heart <laughs> shape with hands. Hopefully we can get a lot of video of you too. So everybody can get to understand what I'm saying right now. <laughs> and I think we have, you know, we've been jiving. It's, it's been like, you know, vibing and it's, it's been good. It's been good. I think there's like a lot of not necessarily overlapping interests, but overlapping intentions. And I think that's really good because then what we do is collaborate in order in order to get there. And I'm personally really happy that you both said yes to writing this project and uh, having this project. Maybe one day you can tell me how surprised and shocked you were when we got the approval for it. Because <laughs> that must have been a moment. We were happy. You were happy, I'm sure. No, I think when we get K1 and now we get K2, the feeling was ambivalence. We yeah. were happy and we were like, okay, this is happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is real. Right. So That's how they're more like fear than ambivalence, eh? No, it's a fear, but also we're like, you are excited. You you, you wouldn't go if it's right. the only fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At one time, we are feeling different feelings. So happiness was probably one of the first, but then it's about, okay, now we will really have to do it. And then right. it's about the obligations and so on. And then dealing with some other plans, personal yeah. jobs that we also have right. and so on. So yeah, that was, but we finished quite recently K1 project that we had before. And yeah, we are starting this one now. Perfect. It's only gonna be a matter of time before you get addicted to the action and you're like, well, we're going to write another K1 or something like that. <laughs> we will see. We can tell everyone in a future podcast what K1 and K2 mean, because that would be way too long of a podcast right now. Yeah. Yes. So thank you guys for thank joining you. in, for talking. Thank you. And I guess, did we just, did we just have a podcast? Did we just finish our first podcast? Can we get some applause for that? I think we should get some applause. Yeah. Obviously, this is a point in time where we admit that we're having as, long, as well, like, way too much fun with the equipment. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank so. you so much for everything, guys. I really do, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being willing to take this journey with us. Yeah, I'm also very thankful for you, Jose. You was the one that had this idea in the first place and offered Visionary. us. I, no, I saw the potential. Yeah. You guys had, you guys already had the idea, so. We have like a dynamic. You are a visionary. Sensing that this can be something, then I'm very grounded. So I'd be like, oh, always how to present like the methodology and so on. Right. How to bring it to the level of the ground. Like. Right. And you are with the technical points of view with the medical point of view. I think it's a a really nice synergy Mm -hmm. because it's a lot of aspects being covered, you know. As I'm seeing, we... (laughs) We could go on. (laughs) We could never shut stop. So the podcast will be a lot talking (laughs) and we will be doing that over there. Okay, so thank you for the first podcast and uh, goodbye listeners. Goodbye listeners. Bye.